Welcome to the Swim Swam Podcast. I'm your host, Coleman Hodges. Joining me today, he is a three-time world championship medalist, five-time world university game gold medalist, and now 2021 Olympian and speedo athlete. We are joined today by Zach Apple. Zach, how's it going, man? Good, good. I'm happy to be here. I'm excited to get talking. Let's talk about this big news first and foremost. You're a speedo athlete now. Can you tell us what that means to you and and how this came about in in what seemed like a pretty quick fashion? Yeah, for sure. Um, You know, growing up, like you think swimming, you think speedo. Um, It's kind of like everybody's dream. You know, kind of watching all the greats feels like they've all been sponsored by speedo. Um, You know, Michael. um, And then in the recent years, Caleb, Murphy, Nathan. I mean, all those guys. And so to be able to join that team is kind of a, a truly, truly special honor. And I'm really excited to be, be part of that group of guys um, and girls. But um, yeah, it did kind of come about pretty quickly. Um, obviously, after I had a pretty successful trials, um, I kind of got in contact with them and they were interested and I was definitely interested, um, you know, tried on their suits, you know, everything's awesome. Uh, and so, yeah, just kind of perfect fit. And I'm super excited. That's, that, that's really cool. Congratulations. And it's, it seems like from, from the outsider's perspective, the trajectory of your career so far has just, has just been these, these really cool little stepping stones. We, we've certainly covered this before, but I think now is a good time to kind of uh, go back and, and discuss again your journey. You didn't start swimming super seriously until high school. Uh, and then, you know, you go to Auburn. Uh, you, you transition to Indiana and you just continue to progress and progress. You make worlds, make pan packs, you make world use and, and have like a breakout meet there where you win five gold medals. Um, do you feel like this is, is kind of aligning to where your expectations were with, with taking those steps in your career? Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, it has kind of been like every year. I feel like I've taken another step forward. Um, you know, kind of starting when I, I guess when I started swimming when I was 16, like seriously. And then every year I just feel like I've taken taken this step, you know, forward and forward and forward. And now to be on the Olympic team, is feels like kind of the culmination of all of those years. Um, and then to be with Speedo as well uh, is, is another, you know, huge step for me, uh, which I'm really excited about. But yeah, it's been kind of, kind of cool to see every year progress, um, you know, making that first world team in 17. Then every year, just getting a little bit faster, a little bit faster, you know, getting the individual swims at WUGS and going to Worlds in 19, having some really big breakout swims on the, on the relays um, has been super awesome. And it kind of set me up into this year. Well, I guess set me up into last year and then, you know, last year didn't happen. So down to this year, but yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. So, so I want to, let's talk about a couple of those steps. Mm-hmm. Um, making an Olympic team. When did that come up on your radar as this is, not only something I could achieve, but like, this is a goal. This is something I want to do more yeah. than just being a kid and being like, I want to be on the Olympic team. Yeah. Um, you know, when I was at, at trials in 2016, um, I didn't do anything particularly special. I didn't even make a semifinal. Uh, and then 
our coach at the time, Brett Hawk, was the head coach at Auburn, and he made the team go back to the last session and watch the, the final session of trials and then watch the team get named. And that was a pretty big, impactful moment for me. Um, you know, I sat in the stands and watched them come up out of the ground uh, and do the parade around the, the stadium, and, and this is your Olympic team. And obviously no one expected me to be on that team, including myself. I wasn't, you know, going to the meet thinking I was going to make the Olympics. Um, but it didn't, if something felt kind of weird, um, you know, I didn't really like sitting in the stands. I think I've said this conversation before with, with some of maybe you guys, but, um, you know, it was a couple months after that, my background on my phone was switched to Tokyo 2020, the, the logo of the, and since 16, it's been that. And then it's currently now the, the gold medal for, for the games. But, um, yeah, so ever since 16, you know, it's been on my mind. Um, and then making that team in 17, you know, being part of Team USA officially uh, that first year. And ever since then, I think it's kind of been a reality and something that I've definitely wanted to do um, and been on my mind. And and in a similar vein, uh, when was becoming a pro athlete? And, and that now that takes many forms, but, you know, specifically having a suit sponsorship, when was that? When did that come up on your radar as like, wow, this is maybe something that I could is attainable for me. Yeah. Uh, I think towards the, um, you know, after I graduated in 2019, I finished my eligibility and, you know, I was just going to try to ride out the the year and try and get through onto my first Olympic team and kind of see how it went there. Um, a little bit in 2020, I started talking to some companies, uh, and then everything exploded and nothing, obviously nothing was going to happen then. And so, um, yeah, it's kind of been on my radar for the past couple couple years, 18 months. Um, but for it to actually come to fruition is pretty cool. Is it – how do you manage having – doing something that major, you know, signing with a suit company, um, you know, while, while, you're, uh, while you're at training camp or on the road, yeah. you know, getting ready for these Olympics? Yeah, uh, it definitely takes a lot of help. Um, luckily, I have some really good representation on my side uh, that was super helpful with me. Um, and then Speedo was also awesome, um, getting everything done super quickly uh, and, and kind of making sure that it was a, a, as seamless as it could be since they were they knew I was you know here focusing on, on performing as well as I can at the Olympics. Um, so that, yeah, it was good. lots of cooperation on both sides. Um, my representation and with, with Speedo has been was really good. So again, congratulations. It's a big moment. Uh, it is. And, and let's, let's take it back to Olympic trials uh, for just a quick recap. You get fifth in the 200 freestyle. Uh, so you, you're kind of on that bubble of, well, I think I made the relay, but we got to wait and see. Not official. Yeah. yeah. And then, uh, and then, and then you, you book your ticket hundred free, you get second behind Caleb. Uh, so you're on, you're on two relays at probably, you know, you're on relays and yeah. you've got that individual hundred free. Um, how would you break down your performances at trials? Yeah. Um, you know, this past year I've kind of really focused on the hundred free. Um, it's been kind of, I, at the, at the, as we were coming back from quarantine, I had a conversation with the coaches at IU and said, you know, I really think that I have a chance to, to potentially win, win this event and, and, and next year at the Olympics. And so we changed a couple of things in training, um, brought the volume down a little bit, up the intensity in some places. Uh, and really were, was going for that 100 free um, full on. It was kind of the main focus. It went through the two free, uh, went a lifetime best in the semi. Was super, super happy with that. Um, I was pumped going in. I think I was second going into the final. And I was like, I didn't think I was probably going to make the individual spot. I thought there were some guys that were probably had a little bit more left than I did. Uh, I kind of <laughs> left it all in the semi. But um, 
you know, I was I definitely wanted to be part of that relay. It's something that I take huge pride in as being part of those relays for Team USA and something that is a big honor. Um, and so coming in fifth, I was, you know, fourth would have been nice to know to have that spot guaranteed. Um, but like I said, I was focusing on the hundred and I was had a group chat with some guys from back home uh, from that I signed with in high school. And they were like, oh, like, you know, good job. And I was like, it's, it's all right. I'm going to make the hundred. It doesn't, it's not, a, I'm not really worried about it. Um, and so I was pretty confident after going to lifetime best in the two free, having focused on that hundred free so much uh, all this past year that I was going to be able to, to make the team in the hundred. Um, I think going through prelims felt super nice, um, you know, finals or semis similarly and going to the final. I mean, my, I was extremely confident that I was going to make, be, be uh, first or second in that race. And so uh, to have it come out that way is pretty, pretty nice. Um, and to be booked the spot is, is awesome. So yeah, it was a lot of excitement. Did, did you enjoy having the tuner free first? Um, I don't know. I mean, three, two freeze takes a lot out of you. And so, um, it would have been nice to have the hundred first, but, uh, it was nice to get that, to, to do that and do well, to take that confidence into the hundred, um, was, was nice. Gotcha. Yeah. I'm, I was just curious. Cause I think I, a lot of people don't take into consideration event lineup at a meet like this, mm-hmm. but I, I, sure. I do think it matters. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so that, so like you said, it takes a lot out of you, but gives you the confidence, kind of that yeah. give and take. Um, what was your taper like for trials, knowing that you have this Olympics and knowing that you've had this experience of kind of having these double tapers um, leading up, whether that's in the NCAA or on the international stage? Yeah, um, I'm usually a pretty good double taper swimmer. Usually my second time around is, is better. Uh, I've seen that through conference and NCAAs or, or in 2019, even from WUGS to Worlds, because um, I had a great WUGS. Uh, I went lifetime best. And then I would say I had even better relay performances at Worlds um, just a, uh, you know four or five weeks later. And so I have kind of um, figured out how to do it. Uh, but obviously going into trials, nobody's holding anything back. Um, it's the U.S. Olympic team, and it's not an easy one to make. And so, yeah, we were, we were all in for trials, but I was all in for, for those meets previously as well. And then, um, just came back up a little bit for, for a week and a half, two weeks. And now we're on the way back down with, uh, we're like six or seven days out. So exciting. We, we saw a lot of stuff. We saw a lot of, uh, stuff on social media, all these pretty pictures from Hawaii. Uh, can you take us through the Olympic camp and, and how that looked for you, especially with that kind of. I guess the first week, maybe you're going up in volume a little and then you start coming down. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's awesome. I mean, camp's always super fun. Um, you know, usually there's a lot of guys that we're all good friends and we all know each other. We don't really get to hang out that much because we live in different corners of the country, but we get to come together for these, you know, a couple of weeks and, and hang out and be just a bunch of guys being dudes. Um, and uh, but this time around, it's been a little bit different because there's so many new guys that uh, a lot of us don't really know. And so that's been super fun to get to know them, too. Um, and they're also a bunch of great guys uh, that we're now going to be friends with because we're, we're Olympians together, which is kind of a cool, cool bonding experience that not a lot of people get to, to do. But, um, yeah, so that first week, you know, and nobody's really feeling great in the water. I think we're all kind of post taper trying to get a little bit of work in before we come back down. Um, but yeah, since then, since that, that first week in camp, everybody's kind of been on the way back down and 
I think yesterday we all suited up, not all, but a lot of us put suits on and did broken swims or, or stuff like that. And it was cool to see everybody starting to get sharpened up again and start to go fast. And it's pretty uh, inspiring to have the, the whole Olympic team, you know, kind of behind you. It's pretty fun. Can, can, can you tell us about your suited swims? How'd you feel about them? Yeah. Yeah. Yesterday I did, um, I, I felt really good about them. I did two, uh, just two times through a 35 dive, 15 easy on 120, and then a, a, 50, a 50 back end um, for the 100. And so trying to set up that front end speed without getting too too much taxation uh, on the body and then really hammer that, that back end speed home. Um, they went super well. Uh, I think on my back ends, I was like 23.7 and 23.5, which probably isn't quite what I'm going to bring home the 100 in, but it's nice to do that in a broken swim. Um, so yeah, it's feeling really good though. Dude, if you're if you're coming home in twenty three seven, I think we're we're a lock for gold. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> that's that's great to hear. Yeah, uh, yeah it felt nice. So outside of the pool during camp, not to put you on the spot, was was there any guy who personality wise has stuck out to you, especially a newbie on the team? Um, yeah, man, a lot of these younger guys are hilarious and. Uh, like two of the two guys that really stick out are like Jake Mitchell and um, Drew Kipler. They're both just like goons. They're like meme lords. <laughs> They're super fun to hang out with. And and um, yeah, it's super cool to see these guys come in. And I feel like we've been really good at meshing as a team. You know, I don't feel like any guy feels like they're left out or like below anyone else. Um, I feel like this whole team feels like we're all here to for one goal, and that's to represent the United States. And we've kind of bonded over that and nobody feels like they're above or below anyone. Everyone feels like comfortable talking to anybody. Um, it's been really awesome. That sounds really nice. I, it, it's interesting because obviously you don't have some of the veteran guys, mm -hmm. Nathan, Adrian, Matt Grievers, you know, some of those guys who've been on 10 plus national teams yeah. over the last decade. Um, so not only do you have Caleb Dressel, Ryan Murphy as the men's team captains, but also yeah. you have guys like you who've been, on a few national teams at this point, but now I'm guessing you're probably in a little bit more of a position of, of leadership or a seniorship, at least. What is, what is that like for you? And what, what is that like seeing, you know, those, those guys and Caleb and Ryan that, you know, leading as captains? Yeah, man, it's, it was kind of weird. I got to camp like the first few days and I was like, you know, chatting with all the guys and, you know, talking about they're all talking about what year in school they are and whatnot and i was like man i've been graduated for two years this is it's kind of weird um but yeah i definitely do feel like i'm more of a a veteran so so called um at this point um i think this is my fifth fifth year on the national team and so yeah there's definitely a, a lot of guys here this is their first national team trip where i and i'm really like the role of having having them be able to come to me and, and ask questions and I'm, I'm glad that a lot of them feel comfortable doing that um because i remember my first national team trip uh you know you, you show up or even before the trip you know i was uh, dming uh, brooks for example just like making sure he was good on like knowing what he needed to bring or like he was like the first time filling out like uh like doping whereabouts he was like kind of confused about that i'm like he asked me questions and and so it's cool to be able to to help these younger guys um just figure it out um, because, you know, I've been through it a couple times now and, and I'm glad that I can pass some of that information on and make it easier for some of the next guys and hopefully improve their performance a little bit. So they don't be quite as stressed. Yeah. What, what has your training group looked like uh, for, for, for the camp in Hawaii and then for here in Tokyo as well? Are you with a certain coach or do you bounce around? Yeah, I kind of bounce around. Um, I've been doing a lot of just like home, home practices, uh, but 
if there's like a couple of guys who are doing something similar, we'll try and mesh practices together. And so that we can have some new training partners. I, we did a, a 200 pace set with Selly one morning uh, where I just kind of hopped over with the Cal, Cal guys and Durden ran that group. So that was super fun. It's always nice to like get with some guys that you don't know how they train. It's just because you kind of go into it blind. You know, if I train with Blake every Saturday or whatever, we know how each other are going to attack the set. We can kind of game it against each other and try and win the set or whatever. Um, but it's nice to hop in, hop in with guys you don't know how they train and, and how they how they perform in practice and just kind of just blindly race because it's going to be a lot of it is at the game. So it's nice. That's a good point. I didn't, yeah. I didn't even think about that. Uh, I mean, on that note, do you feel more comfortable just knowing, especially on these relays, that you have raced these international teams before? You kind of you might have some idea of just what to expect in that environment of you know, 400 free relay going up against Russia, Brazil, Australia, Britain. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely do. Um, it's definitely going to be nice having done it, you know, for the past couple of years, um, just having the experience, just knowing what it feels like to stand behind the blocks with four guys from the United States against, you know, all these other guys from, from whatever country they may be from. Um, it's a different feeling than standing behind the blocks with your college team or, or with a club team or anything like that. Um, you know, there's a lot of confidence that comes with having the United States flag on your cap um, and, and a lot of responsibility also. But uh, with that comes, I think, great performance usually. And I'm really excited to, to get behind the blocks with those with those four guys, um, whoever that it may end up being on that finals relay and uh, let one rip with them. Yeah. Yeah. I want to take a, a bit of a dive into into that, that confidence that you build over time and, and obviously in these relays, uh, starting with the 400 free relay. So it, it, in 2019, your, your summer started at WUGS, World University Games in Italy. You guys just ripped. Yeah. Free relay. I think you're like 313. Yeah, something like that. Uh, I think it might have been a little bit faster. I can't remember. Yeah, it was. It, I it think was we would have met. I think we. I think that team would have medaled at the previous World Championships, whatever it ended up being. Yeah, and I. I think I want to say they would have gotten fourth at. at at, at the 2019 point. Worlds. Yeah. yeah. But so, so you guys just blew it out of the water. Um, so he, then heading, and then you did your rest of the meet, and then you went to World Championships. Um, so heading into Worlds, were, were, do you feel like you had an extra leg up on the other guys? Because you're like, well, I've already swam this summer. I already kind of know where I'm at. Like, I'm, I'm firing. Um, did you feel yeah. pretty good heading, heading, headed into that 400 free relay at World Champs? Definitely. Um, coming off that, that me that wugs me um yeah like you said i knew that i was in good shape that i was swimming fast that yeah that i was firing all cylinders and so yeah i was very excited to get back up again and, and race some more on that, that next relay kind of touching again how i've on that second taper um you know i knew it usually worked out well for me and so yeah i was super excited to get up and, and race again uh, that summer yeah and, and obviously you guys dominated that race too i mean i think you won by nearly a second yeah. Um, so. And uh, so then uh, we've covered this a lot, but just heading into this corner free relay, I think I think it's fair to say the U.S. or, or the men are the favorite. Um, but just for you personally, having those wins under your belt, um, even, whether you guys win, whatever, just the confidence you have heading into that race, particularly, do you, do you feel pretty good about it, knowing that this team has been so dominant leading up to this meet? Definitely. Um, you know, I like to say that we're, we're going in um, 
not with the expectation to win, uh, because I think when you expect to win, you get a little complacent and it can be a little lackluster sometimes. And so, but we're definitely going in with the idea that we're, we're going for gold um, and we're competing for it. And we're not going to overlook any other countries. Uh, Russia looks super strong this year, uh, for sure. Um, I think they have four guys who have been 48 or faster. And so we're definitely not overlooking that. We know a lot of us know what our competition looks like and what they've been doing. Um, and so we're going in with the, ex- not with the expectation to win, but the, the expectation to compete for it and, and to have that opportunity to, to go for gold. Um, you know, but like I said, we're not going to look overlook anybody. And, and I don't think we <clears throat> see ourselves as an easy favorite. Um, I think we're going in, you know, confident in our abilities and, and ready to compete. And, and then similarly, it's, it's almost, it's, it's certainly a different story with the four by two, um, you know, where worlds, you guys got bronze in, ex, in an exceedingly close race, like first through fifth. Yeah. Right. I mean, I think five teams were dead, even at the seven fifty. Um, and then you, you guys won at Wugs. So you had, you, you, you were coming off a, a different, different mentality from 2019 worlds is, is the, do you have to do something different to kind of get into that same headset for the four by two of we're competing for gold? Uh, I don't think so. I think when you, when you put on that, you know, the USA cap, um, I think the expectation is you're always going to compete for, to win. Um, you know, it doesn't really matter what has happened previously uh, that, you know, we're the, the four best the U S has to put forward and that, you know, hopefully that's, that's the good enough to win the gold and that, you know, we're, Again, expecting to compete for the win, um, you know, no matter what, kind of how I touched similarly on, we know what a lot of our competition has looked like up leading up to this. Um, but again, swimming is such a sport where it's all about the day, uh, the day of the race. So anything can happen. So you guys have been in Tokyo for less than a week. Um, it'll be a, uh, yeah, a little bit less than like five or six days, five days, I think. Okay. Um, so can, can you give me a little insight in just into what goes into that adjustment period? Obviously you have to get on the time zone. I'm guessing being in Hawaii for an extended period helped with that. But, um, you know, for, for anyone who hasn't traveled internationally and certainly traveled to compete internationally, um, what goes into just kind of getting ready to, to race in a different country? Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely stop the stop in Hawaii for two weeks definitely helped with the time zone adjustment. Uh, I think it was like six hours to, to here from, from the East coast and then another five hour change for, to, or six hours to Hawaii and then five hours to here time zone changes. Um, and so five hours is, isn't terrible to adjust to, um, at the end of the day, you're getting a little bit tired, uh, just cause you know, it's eight o'clock, but it's really what, like 1am or something. Um, and so, and you're in your body. Uh, so by the end of the day, you're getting a little bit tired and you're waking up a little bit early at the beginning, but that adjusts pretty quickly. And then, yeah, I mean, besides that, it's just kind of making sure you get back on the routine, um, get into training, you know, get up in the mornings, make sure that you're, you're not going to bed when you get super tired at seven 30, uh, especially here. Cause I think final start or prelims, I guess, sorry, start at 7 PM. Um, and so I don't think prelims ends until nine 30. And so, you know, make sure you try and stay up a little bit later. Um, just cause that's going to be the clock you're on once you start competing. Um, but yeah, besides that, just making sure you stay kind of, kind of on, on track, just keep, keep hammering away at training and, 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 uh, yeah. Do you feel pretty good about the night prelims morning finals? Yeah. Um, a lot of people have asked, I think if you can't get up for a, a semifinal or a final at the Olympics, uh, just because it's in the morning, it's going to be, 
you're going to struggle a bit, but uh, I think that it'll be all right. Yeah. Uh, for you personally, nutritionally is, is traveling easy or do you, do you have certain things that, that, that you like particularly, uh, when, when you travel food wise? No, I'm pretty, pretty easy going, uh, when it comes to diet. Um, especially when you're with team USA, they, they obviously take care of us, um, super well, uh, make sure that we have plenty of options and the food's healthy enough. Um, I'm not like a super, uh, health, health nut or anything, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty, it's not too bad for me. And I'm, and I'm not very picky when it comes to food. I'll, I'll eat just about anything. So <laughs> is, uh, being in Tokyo are, are there, are the restrictions due to COVID noticeable or, or oh, you yeah. know, how, how you operate in terms of, you know, maybe 2019 when you guys were in Guangzhou? For sure. Um, uh, yeah, we're, we're pretty locked down. Um, we're not allowed to leave the hotel outside of going to training. Um, we actually have like a team USA has like a separate elevator, uh, to keep us away from the general public. It's like, it's the service elevator. So like it says like designated guests or something, but it's just like the service elevator, (laughs) but, uh, and, um, so yeah, where it's definitely, definitely noticeable. Um, we'll see what it's like once we get into the village tomorrow, but, um, yeah, there it's, uh, it's pretty, pretty serious. And, uh, we're, we're definitely not going out to lunch anywhere. Makes sense. Uh, yeah. that's, that, that seems good, though. Do you, yeah. is is that obviously it's not ideal, but is that almost enjoyable? Does it does it help you keep the focus of what you're there for? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it would be nice to go and get some sushi while you're in Japan, um, which is a bit of a bummer. You know, when we were here in 18, there was like a sushi restaurant right for for pan packs in 18. Uh, there was like a sushi like sushi belt place where like went around and you just like took plates off the suit off the belt. Uh, and we, we ate there like all the time. It was like right across the street from the hotel. And it was like super, super nice to be able to like get some super good sushi for pretty cheap. Um, but uh, yeah, it definitely does. There is a, a factor where it's like, well, you know, all the distractions are kind of canceled for us. We can't really go out. Nobody's going to be getting their legs super tired from walking over uh, Tokyo. Um, and so, yeah, there's definitely a factor that is, is probably good. Um, and, and like you said, cuts down distractions. Yeah. Did, does this feel similar to ISL season two at all when you were in that Budapest bubble? Yeah, for sure. Very similar. Um, yeah. I mean, we're in a hotel you know, not really allowed to go anywhere except for the pool. So yeah, pretty, pretty similar, um, setup. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. So, so last thing I have to ask about this hundred free final, you know, we're, we're, we in the media are, are billing it as, you know, Dressel versus Chalmers. We've, yeah. got, we've obviously got 16 year old David Popovici now who, who dropped a 47, three, like you said, the Russians are on fire. They're looking really good. Um, but we were, we were doing our, our Olympic preview podcast yesterday. And, you know, we were talking about this race and it's like, I'm thinking in the back of my head, dude, like Zach Apple, you know, like, I, I think you might have the most momentum of anyone heading into this race. How are you feeling about that hundred free um, individual, especially considering this is your first individual at, at a, at a, you know, world champs Senior level, or yeah. Olympics. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you, everybody is talking about Chalmers and Dressel and it kind of takes, takes a little bit of the pressure off, makes it easy to, to kind of sneak in there underneath them. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm definitely going in with a similar mindset, uh, to the relays where I, I'm, I'm going in with, in my mind, I'm competing for, for the gold medal. Um, 
you know, a lot of people want to say it's a two, two man race. And like you said, there's some young guns and some Russians and stuff that are, they're putting their name in the hat as well. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, ex- I'm expecting to, to be in that top three range. And, and if you're in there, you definitely have a chance to win. Um, and so, <clears throat> yeah, I feel good about it. I'm like you said, I feel like I'm, I'm on a good track, uh, kind of leading into this, into the, the summer, into this, into the games. Um, and so, yeah, I'm definitely putting myself in there, uh, in my own head as long, even if nobody else really is, is talking about it. Um, so it's, which is, you know, fine. It's, I'm, I'm not, uh, offended by, by that. The results in the past say that it should be a two man race, but you know, it doesn't always happen like that. I love it. It's yeah, <laughs> you're right. As, as long as it's in your head, we're good to go. Yeah. Uh, again, this might not matter and, and you know, probably, at a certain point, it doesn't. But um, event event wise, I'm, I'm guessing you've looked at kind of where you'll be swimming, relays and individuals. Um, do you? What is your event? What, what's your schedule look like? And are you pretty happy with where that hundred free falls right on days four and five in the middle? Yeah, yeah, it's good. Uh, four free relay, I think, is on day two, like night two and morning three, um, and then yeah, and then get a, a good break you know, 36 hours off until the the hunter free the hunter free and a free relay are on the the same day um and so i'll at least be on the prelims of that a free relay then you know it'll be a, a coach's decision on who's on the that final four um but the, i think there's and the semis the semifinal the hunter free to the a free relay is like two hours so it's like plenty of time if it ends up being that i'm on that that final a free relay and so that's not a big deal either um yeah then, then the hunter free uh final the next the next morning um it'll be just by itself and then for medley hopefully at the, the end of the meet um yeah so i feel i feel like it's it's lined up pretty well um you know it'd be nice if those weren't doubles those 100 free a free relay wasn't a double but there's plenty i think prelims is like 90 minutes in between and finals is like two hours so it's it's nothing uh, crazy to to manage that that does seem pretty good 100 free and 200 yeah it's like you said not ideal but nothing too crazy to manage either um, which is good. So you guys are in Tokyo. Um, the Olympics start in a week, which is, which is crazy to say, yeah. D- do you feel the energy, the excitement kind of, kind of ramping up just within team USA? Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I kind of touched on earlier yesterday, everybody suiting up and going fast, just kind of sparks that energy. It's, it's fun to see. Um, I'm assuming once we move into the village, it'll get even a little bit more, um, and then, you know, get to the competition pool start walking through, seeing the ready room, seeing the, the, the pool set up, um, get a little bit more. And then it'll just kind of build throughout next week until, you know, that first prelim session where it kind of all culminates. So it's going to be super fun. Obviously, the uh, with, with all the restrictions and what you're what you can and can't do, it's different. But do, is that energy different than maybe trips you've been on for world championships, world views, pan packs? uh it's i mean it's pretty similar um it's i think once we get into the village and get around some of the other team usa athletes it'll be a little bit different because it's just multi-sport um just seeing other other sports uh is kind of cool i kind of had that similar experience at wugs um it's just fun to see other other sports and see you know just like what they're doing what, what they're up to just chat uh talk about whatever it is um so that, that'll be, that's a, something that's kind of unique, but in fun, um, but it's pretty similar at leading into a world, like a world championships as it is, uh, into the games. Um, maybe it'll be notched up a little bit once we get into the village, but, but pretty similar. 
Gotcha. Well, Zach, I really appreciate you taking the time to sit down and chat. We've been talking to world champion, world university games champion, and speedo athlete, Zach Apple. Zach, any parting thoughts before we sign off today? Uh, not too much. Just super excited to, to get in, get into the, the games and start competing again. Um, it's kind of what we, we work for. So, you know, hopefully, hopefully we come home with some medals. You've been listening to the Swim Swam podcast. Stay tuned for new episodes every week. You can take Swim Swam podcast on the go by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform. Look for links in the description below and be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel for more videos as well.